0: that Pokemon?
1: It's... The Hypotheticals, Hypotheticals Podcast. Podcast. So Adriani, hello. Hello. What do you think is the ideal system of government? You know, no holds barred, uh, think of anything you like, but... In the perfect world, how would governments be run?
0: Well, Adi, as a uh, language student come conference producer, as Ooh. you can imagine, I've devoted some thought to this question. And I contend that the ideal system of government is uh, basically Wikipedia. Right, yeah. No, <laughs> That makes sense. I think so. Because, really, nerds are the future. <laughs> if you look at any progress made in history ever... Uh, I think you don't have to dig too far to find the nerds that were really the driving force behind it. What they about di-
1: the, the Super Bowl, Adriano?
0: What about that? I don't qualify that as progress. huge
1: progress that was made.
0: There's a new one every year. If <laughs> yeah. we've made any damn progress, maybe they differ one from the other. There's just different colours. I don't understand what's going on. Anyway, sports ball aside... All science is because nerds. Like, the invention of the steam engine is because some guy was like, no, I'm going to show you. I have figured out if I heat water, I can pump other water or something. You know, that was, that was important to someone. Mm-hmm. So much so that he developed the Industrial Revolution. Uh, I don't, <laughs> Single-handedly. I don't like Single-handedly. I'm pretty sure there were parallel evolutions. The details aren't important. The point is that the, the human drive to just sort of figure out a problem... Um, to the exclusion of like social engagements and fitting in and all the rest of it, has been the driver of, of all progress. Because how could it be otherwise? All the popular people are busy going to parties and just sort of existing <laughs> within the current zeitgeist. So, and the nerds are, are the forward-thinking misfits who are like, no, things should be different.
1: Okay, so you're comparing Wikipedia to uh, the Industrial Revolution?
0: Yes, and I, I, I have to highlight that I mean no disrespect when I say nerd. They're some right. of my favourite people, and we we cannot deny that editing Wikipedia is one of the hallmarks of the modern nerd. It's it's not a necessity to be a nerd to edit Wikipedia. The point is Wikipedia wouldn't exist if it weren't for people being like, no, something on the internet is wrong or incomplete, and I'm going to do something about it. Mm. And that is that is a very nerdish impulse, but it doesn't stop it being a fantastic impulse because when else are people so keen to do something good for the world as when they are keen to prove themselves right? And so that's what you need to do for government. Basically, people aren't involved enough. But how can they possibly be? All the decisions are made, you know, largely behind closed doors, even in democracies by people who are ostensibly elected to represent our wishes. But, you know, kind of, there's a lot of a lot of information lost in that process um and really wikipedia you directly impact what exists on that website you want a thing to be included on this article you make it happen if they don't like it they reverse it but it's we're back to sort of a athenian democracy where you just yell until the things you want get passed as law. yeah
1: athenian democracy but on a constantly updating scale over yeah. millions of people i mean some would say it would just kind of descend into chaos
0: But Wikipedia hasn't, which is one of the great marvels of the modern age, because it's so easy to vandalize. But they've made it even easier to fix and put right, and that's what's fantastic.
1: The thing is with Wikipedia is that that it deals with facts. You know, like there are things which are factually correct in the world. Whereas politics, when you're like deciding a policy, there's more than one way to look at it, Mm. which I think brings about a certain degree of uncertainty. But then again. As I'm saying this, I'm thinking of... um, Did you ever watch Twitch Plays Pokemon? Twitch, the streaming service. Service? (laughs) Yeah, that's a word.
0: (laughs) I think they can technically be said to provide a service. Uh, No, I I have not,
1: personally. So, Twitch Plays Pokemon was uh, um, essentially, they set up a kind of code. There's a a Twitch chat, so you can enter simple phrases Mm. or commands into it. And uh, basically, they kind of got about, I think it was usually around 10,000 people at any one time, all typing in commands furiously to try and get this, this little guy to um, complete a game of Pokemon, I'm not sure what the first one was, Pokemon Red. So he, he would just be like walking back and forth between cave walls, opening the start menu, closing the start menu, selecting the Helix Fossil, which did nothing at all. And oh, just, dear God. But they managed to get through the entire game.
0: Wow, how long did that take? I wonder.
1: I think surprisingly little time, like wow. maybe a week. You see what I'm telling you, nerds. Yeah.
0: Right. Any progress
1: you need, you need, you need nerds. And th- there was chaos in that. There were people who were trying to sabotage the system and make it go wrong. But yeah. despite that, the overall trend was towards, you know,
0: that system progress. Progress. Yeah, like it's 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 the antithesis to um, God, what's the word for increasing chaos? Entropy. Mm. Yeah, ner- nerds are the direct antithesis to entropy.
1: <laughs> basically, I think that's fair to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so.
1: And popular people are are entropy.
0: More or less, because they don't care about order. It's like the the, the party-going housemate that doesn't care about keeping the house tidy
1: mm. or
0: whatever, right? It's that writ large. That's what society is. I think if you if you had a society run by nerds, it would be much more efficient. I often walk out of my room and go, Oh, look at the entropy in this place. It's awful. <laughs> you would if you were more of a nerd and then you probably tidy it up. thus making the world a better place, just saying. Okay, going off this. Mm. Um, off the back of this.
1: You could kind of um my idea was that you could have bots running government. So you already have bots on the internet so like finding search words for Google or um things in Twitter just bombarding you with spam. But, or
0: claiming to be single ladies in my area, <laughs> they're not.
1: But you get these bots, right? And you get them all to create random pieces of legislation, and you mm. run them through a model, maybe a small country that no one particularly cares about. And uh, as <laughs> well, see... a sort of
0: demo space, just like yeah. Yeah, you guys are beta testers, right? <laughs> Citizens of Beta Land.
1: Yeah, Costa Rica, how are you doing these days? We're <laughs> just going <laughs> to use you as a testing ground for all random policies from this supercomputer. I hope you don't mind. Cheers. Um, they love it. And then you just kind of see what effect it has and then the computer algorithm, the bot, just like chooses one which works and hasn't destroyed a small country
0: and uh, runs that. I think there might be a couple of problems with this scheme. I no. do like it. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but I have seen what computers think about when you just let them run Riot. <laughs> he said as if he understood anything about <laughs> about IT. Yeah, you're you're a computer scientist, aren't you, Adriana? <laughs> No, but I know my memes, and what I have seen is the internet making a big deal out of these Google Deep Dream images. Right. When you get one of these neural networks set up, which sounds to me like what you're discussing. It may well not be, but indulge me. Um, (laughs) Everything is filled with dogs and eyes. Mm. That is when you, you program it to look for dogs and eyes, though. Uh, no <laughs> i don't i don't want to believe that i want to believe that there's some kind of <laughs> fundamental order to the universe that predisposes thinking beings towards a preponderance of dogs and eyes and pagodas and we are just simple creatures we've never been <laughs> networked so we've never noticed this underlying pattern there's but dogs when you everywhere look at, exactly you analyze the universe in detail that's all you see it's just eyes forever eyes and the dogs. occasional dog on a pagoda. <laughs> So maybe that's what would
1: happen if you you ran these bots. you just end up with with lots of dogs, dog-based policies and eye-based policies.
0: The architecture would be interesting. Yeah. And uh, opticians would be very happy. But other than that, I don't know. I I don't trust it. But I will go you one further. Um, Bots, you're talking about sort of software bots, right? Like Mm. web crawlers, chat bots, that sort of thing. An evolution of that that makes policies instead of nonsensical statements on MSN Messenger. Yeah. Or whatever the kids are using these days.
1: Well... Definitely a messager. It's still relevant.
0: It will never die. Um, How about... This isn't a system of government so much as it is an absence of government, right? Anarchy doesn't work um, because... I think because of resource allocation, primarily, basically. Hmm. Because most of our... Like, deep down, most of our morals and our policies have to do with resource allocation. Don't steal don't, you know, okay, like murder and whatever, it depends whether you see life as a resource or it it, it gets a bit more complicated I suppose, but like aside from killing people, the main thing you can do is sort of keep them in poverty take their stuff, restrict their space and their freedom and so on Yeah. a lot of this is tied down to like how much wealth a country has and how you apportion it, right? Mm. But if you just remove all of that from the equation because nanobots, happy days
1: Right because
0: nanobots... Nanobots are their own explanation, but if I really must explain... (laughs) Please please go on,
1: Adriano. I mean, I know that you've said all that needs to be said, but um, I think it would help the listeners.
0: (laughs) All right, well, for the the ignorant among us, um, a nanobot is, to my understanding, which may be flawed, but don't correct me on this point, uh, it's a tiny robot, and the key is that it be self-replicating and able to network. So imagine you could make, I mean, they vary in size. I think in, uh, what's it called? Big Hero 6, they have ones that are actually quite large. They're like Lego pieces. But you can go microscopic. It doesn't matter. The point is, in the same way that a molecule is a building block for whatever the heck you want, a nanobot can be a building block for whatever the heck you want. So you make a really small, really like tiny amount of computing power, but it's able to make other nanobots out of whatever raw materials it finds knocking around. So you only need one right one tiny microscopic little robot and then it will build its friends and then you will have a colony in the same way that a colony of ants can like roll into a ball and traverse a river or build an anthill or whatever it is ants do a colony of nanobots can do whatever you want you can click your fingers and be like nanobots chair me and then they will make a chair and you can sit in it or turn you <laughs> or into a chair you, depending you ha- how they yeah, interpret it you
1: haven't been very specific in your command <laughs> it is like okay and they break you into other nanobots <laughs>
0: That is genuinely one of the proposed endings to the universe, or at least oh, yeah. the world. Yeah. Mm. I think it's the, the grey fuzz or grey mush, or I forget what they call it, but it's the idea that we create self replicating robots and then uh, we don't know how to tell them to stop.
1: So they and just, keep, just going. keep
0: going. That's it, and now everything's nanobots. What are you going to do? Mm. But it's kind of a perfect world if you think about it.
1: Well, it's not really a world. It's just a kind of writhing mass of nanobots.
0: Well, it depends what you want out of a world. But imagine it in its intermediate phase where there are still people knocking around. The point is, <laughs> nobody is poor. Because you can just be they're like... they're all dead. <laughs> no, because they all have one nanobot. That's all you need. Then they make more. So you're just like, I'm hungry. And then the nanobots build you a banana plantation.
1: Right. Do you not think um, this would lead to constant war?
0: it might
1: because you're like oh i've got an army of nanobots you've got an army of nanobots and there's just this sort of weird war zone between fences with your neighbor <laughs> where they want to extend their property they, they want to build a banana plantation but your house is in the way so their nanobots are sent <laughs> over and then your nanobots are on the defensive and they just all kind of like fight each other and there's lots of tiny
0: nano explosions going on and you can't leave your house so the fence appears to be com- standing completely still but mm. it is in fact made up of millions of tiny explosions and fights and destructions and recreations. But on yeah, such a small I'm... scale, it appears to be standing still. In the same way the molecules vibrate, but it looks like the rock is solid.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what you've described is, is really a viable system of government here.
0: I don't see a problem, because apart from anything else, if everyone's using the same model of nanobots, then what happens when an unstoppable army of nanobots meets an immovable army of nanobots? Absolutely nothing. But then
1: you'd have all these boundaries defined by nanobots all these kind of mini nation states of one person
0: yeah i guess you kind of would but that's anarchy really and they could never leave well you could you just bring your nanobots with you as some kind of protective swarm i suppose but they come up against other immovable nanobots and they couldn't get past them oh so you're suggesting a world literally fenced like divided into squares yeah you've got got your perimeter
1: because you can't extend any further
0: you're trapped I, in. Uh, I do take your point. Like, resources are no longer an issue, but physical space is. This mm. is your and also, zone. I think everyone
1: would start tunneling down, because you'd reach your outer perimeter, and you'd be like, well, I've run out of resources, I need to build more nanobots. So you start mining out underneath your house until the whole Earth is kind of, like, very um, centred on the, the crust, <laughs> and it all <laughs> co- sort of collapses in on itself.
0: That would be fascinating. But, okay, I see your problem. (laughs) Not exactly an ideal system of government. I retract my nanobot thesis. Um... Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. Well, listen, you know what I think would actually work? What? Because I think this technology has its limitations. What we've been using forever is people. But what's the problem with people, right? Plato saw it back when he was talking about ship metaphors. We can all see it now in the age of uh, politicians, I'm not going to name, but I don't think I need to. Democracy is not exactly in its heyday. No. Right. And the problem is peeps be dumb. People in charge are dumb. People voting I for them are peeps. dumb. He's peeps so dumb. are the worst. <laughs> peeps is. Peeps is bad. We never should have voted him Get in back in your cage, Peeps. Come on. <laughs> oh, peeps. Who let you out? Anyway... So benevolent dictatorship, I've always been really fond of as a system of government. And it's super difficult to arrange, but if you can get it to happen, it's pretty spot on. Because you just need one person who's in charge. Nobody's contesting them because it's not a free democracy. So they get to actually get things done, but they want to do the things that you want them to do. It's kind of ideal, but really Mm. difficult to arrange because most dictators are not so benevolent, right? Yeah. But... Uh, Something that some of my favourite fiction authors have suggested is a kind of shadowy cartel government that remains in place regardless of who the actual leader is, because they're more of a figurehead. Mm. And the example, as so often before, that I want to bring forward is from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series.
1: Right, of course.
0: (laughs) Of course. It's essentially my scripture. Uh, In it, we find the character Zaphod Beeblebrox, president of the galaxy, Uh, who knows full well that his main job is to distract the press from the main business of government, which is taken care of by quiet men in dark suits that he doesn't really understand. Mm -hmm. And it is revealed, um, I guess kind of spoiler, but, I mean, you read it for the narrative and the descriptions anyway, so... It's revealed at some point that true ruling power in the galaxy is wielded by a true solipsist. That is to say... A man who genuinely accepts no assumption that did not originate inside his own brain. The kind of guy who takes I think therefore I am as like a real rule to live by. And he Mm. lives in a little shack on the edge of the galaxy with his cat. At least he thinks it's a cat, but it might not be. And he (sighs) thinks he talks to his cat sometimes, but maybe he's just singing and the cat interprets it entirely differently. And I can't. You have to read it, but. This guy is capable of spending, you know, hours staring at a sunset and then remembering staring at a sunset, because as far as he's concerned, it's the first time he's seen it, because his memories might just be an illusion. Was he Uh, yesterday (laughs) even alive? It doesn't matter. And he makes the decisions. So you think that someone who is essentially um,
1: useless (laughs) to society would make a good advisor on very
0: complex government issues? The outsider sees most of the game is all I'm saying and I can't think of a more perfect outsider. He has no vested interests. He's just a simple man. Well, he has with no interests. <laughs> He's just Yeah. Like, Look, there's a, there's a cat or not, I don't know. But isn't that perfect? Because I mean, I imagine that what happens is that people step out of their spaceships with with reams of paper and are like, "Listen, sir, we've got a problem in the omega quadrant. You know, the gliblies are staging an uprising. They're not happy about the corn tax or whatever." <laughs> and so he'll sit there and first he'll wonder about whether they're talking to him or just singing to his cat, and then once he's decided that perhaps he wants to sing to his cat in a manner that they might interpret as speech, he'll ask them what gliblies are, and what if anything the Omega Quadrant is, and what they think of as a corn tax, and then once they've explained all of this to him, they've probably come to the conclusion themselves. So you think that he's just sort of sort of sounding board. I wonder. I don't know. He needs things explained in
1: such excruciating detail that by the time they've it, like simplified it enough that he understands, they know how to deal with the situation.
0: The ultimate committee member, right? Because the problem with an, ele- uh, with an electorate is that they come with their own biases. So you just say, you know, like 9-11, like in Family Guy, or, you know, like, get rid of the immigrants and then you win an election. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a problem, I We've think. We've all
1: done it. Well, speaking of, uh, like, a person locked in a room with a cat, um, mm. my my other idea was uh, in a kind of similar vein. Um, but you get the people who run the government. They may even be politicians, the first time they've really been mentioned as <laughs> being a viable option in this scenario. And you, basically, you lock them in an airtight room. And... I'm you, on board so far. So you, and you leave them, and they die. Uh, no, you, you give them a certain amount of uh, air and water and food, and those three resources are allocated um, depending on the success of certain factors, such as, ooh, how's the economy doing today? Not very well. You don't get much food today, then. Uh, CO2 level. Ooh, that's bad. You don't oh, get much air. Wow. Um, so in order <laughs> to stay alive, it is very much in their interests to make sure that all these very important things uh, stay running, um, maybe like the the healthcare system. If that's going poorly, then uh, they start injecting varying degrees of bacteria into the room of varying severities. Just oh, to kind I of in- like how it's all themed. Incentivize them, yeah. And I think that's what's lacking in politics these days: is direct uh, feeling the court the consequences of your actions. Because a lot of politicians are very much you know raised above it. They're of a certain class, and they don't feel the the yeah, impact cardboard. of their decisions.
0: Mm. No, I I really like this idea, um, partly because it involves inflicting pain on politicians. But oh yeah, mainly, <laughs> yeah, but also because really the 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 ingenuity of the human mind comes to the fore in survival situations. Right? Exactly, that's how you that's how you tap that potential. That's why uh, you know mothers are able to lift cars off their children or whatever. It's like it's, it's that true sort of. Extreme circumstance that brings mm-hmm. out maximum potential. Yeah, and if they do die
1: because they're, they're rubbish at it, then you just elect a new government.
0: Easy. There's always more politicians. Dead yeah. easy. Yeah, I quite agree. I think we make a mistake in rewarding our leaders. They must be punished. <laughs> well, they must, frankly, because again we come back to Plato. But he was keen on, he was keen on philosopher kings, which I I just really like coming from a guy who <laughs> calls himself a philosopher. Yeah, like hey, how many me... philosophers are there out there? Not many. I guess philosopher kings are a good idea. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I already have my own crown. I'm just saying, I uh, just wanted to uh, <laughs> just saving wanted it to for the right occasion. King, just kind of, yeah. but uh, <laughs> but for real, what what he posited was that. The person best equipped to be in charge is the one that doesn't want to be. Mm. Because he's more concerned with facts than with rhetoric. He's not trying to persuade anyone of his opinion. He just wants to do things properly. That's the guy you want in charge. And I totally agree. And Plato suggested we coerce them. I I agree with you that we should punish them. Mm. And and if they're
1: not the right person for it, you'll punish them into being the right person because they have a damn good interest in being the right person
0: yeah i mean that's how they learn that's fine but and again we come back to the nerd factor which i think is the running theme here people... New television
1: series on itv
0: <laughs> yes coming soon <laughs> um there are there are people who will want to do a good job or will want to prove themselves right or want to correct you for being wrong or something almost regardless of how difficult it is someone will want to do that Yeah. So, you know, you just need to find those people. And we make a mistake in electing people to government who don't want that at all. They just want to feel important or they want like a nice linear career progression from like local politician right the way up to president or prime minister. Mm. You know, like those aren't the people you want. They're self-interested. Yeah. And I think
1: you could have a bit of, you know, carrot and stick with this as well. It doesn't have to be all punishment. Like if you survive a year in office, for example... Mm. Uh, then you come out and you get given like a, a high status. I think it would be seen as a very like a very good position. Like everyone, If you come out and you're like I survived a year in government everyone would be mm. like, you are the bomb. You are great. And you'd be given such a cushy life. Yeah. Like the
0: alcoholic guy in The Hunger Games who won that previous edition. Exactly. I haven't yeah.
1: actually seen or read The Hunger Games
0: but yes. <laughs> have, have you seen Battle Royale? Because it's like The Hunger Games but more bloody.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I've seen that one.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't bother with The Hunger Games, personally, if you've seen Battle Royale. It's just yeah, the same Battle concept Royale, Watered Down. But anyway, they ha- in Battle Royale, you have the kid who's already been through the murderous contest yeah. and is back for more because he's a maniac. <laughs> and in The Hunger Games, you have the guy who survived one of the earlier editions, and so he's brought on as a kind of advisor to new contestants. And he's just a raging alcoholic because he can't live with the guilt of having, you know, watched all his yeah. friends die around him and killed some of them. That's fair. And uh, yeah, I see that as the, the future of all politicians, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, The Hunger Games, right? The Hunger Games is with children. But if it teaches us anything, as does Battle Royale, uh, it teaches us that kids are not nice, necessarily. And they might be capable of more sort of ruthless utilitarianism than we're willing to give them credit for.
1: Which is what we need in
0: government. Let's be honest. Yes, absolutely. And to that end, I propose an alternative system uh, based on the playground rules outlined in uh, the popular American cartoon Recess. Recess?
1: Okay, mm. I've got to admit, I've never seen Recess, so please explain.
0: I wish now that I were more of a Recess scholar so that I could properly explain <laughs> How many Recess it to you. scholars are there, do you think?
1: Yeah, I got my PhD in uh, Recess studies. <laughs> Pretty big deal in the field.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not going to lie, many many publications. Nobody reads them, of course, but... Uh, no. <laughs> they're all on break. They're all on break, all the time. Uh, yeah, in Recess, they have this elaborate sort of child society that exists basically for the duration of the Recess, and then sort of quietly goes back inside, and then reforms again at lunch. Mm. Um, in which everyone has their sort of their caste, their clique, their, their group. There's the God, there's the Ashleys, which are the, the popular girls, right? The the mean girls, basically, and they're all called Ashley. Of course. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's one Ashley who is, however, a tomboy, and she's friends with our heroes, and she doesn't fit in with the other Ashleys. Um, I think they they call her Spinelli or something, which is her surname, and then the plot of one episode is that like they find out her first name is Ashley, and she becomes one of the Ashleys for a while. And it's not important. The point is... <laughs> <laughs> the point is that the, the, the situation is set up like this. You have... The, uh... I don't I can't remember her deal she's a dinner lady basically she's some kind of teacher who watches over the recess and she's this horrible old like trunchbull like character she's like oh she's gonna get you because you're breaking the rules and then there's the kid who is the snitch and he like feeds her information and he's basically the secret service and mm. then there's the kids who there's the the kindergartners who are super young and they're often a separate in the kindergarten but they're terrifying they're like they're tribal they're covered in finger paint and feathers <laughs> and they have their own special system of like tribal leaders and human sacrifice and everyone's a little bit scared of them this sounds uh, like the ideal government <laughs> <laughs> but no that's the kindergarteners. they get past that point once they're older they're welcomed into the kingdom of i think he's called king bob oh, right okay he is a kid with a, a bicycle helmet shaped like a crown and he's called bob <laughs> And his sceptre is a hockey stick, and he has a couple of sort of uh, burly-looking security guards who wear sunglasses and stand either side of him. And he sits at the top of the climbing frame, which is his throne, and uh, meets out justice to supplicants. So it's essentially a monarchy. Broadly, but the thing is, King Bob is going to graduate at some point. I'm pretty sure that's a uh, that's a plot of like one of the episodes. Is who does he pass his his bicycle helmet crown onto? So it's a hereditary monarchy. No, not a hereditary monarchy. Uh, this
1: be clear, this
0: kid is like 14. He has no children. <laughs> <laughs> he has no heir. He passes it on to a worthy successor, I think. I right. wish I could remember more. Mostly what I remember is everyone just kind of doing their own thing. There's the kids who are into digging holes for whatever reason, but that is a true childhood phenomenon. would mm. dig holes A break for some reason. These kids have got shovels and mining hats. They're into this, like, hardcore... <laughs> And then there's, you know, the other kids who are into maths or whatever, everyone's sort of separated into these cliques, and they just kind of do their own thing, wisely administered by King Bob. Do you know, um, in, this is in
1: the real world, do you know what the only non-hereditary monarchy still in existence is? There is one? I, yeah. I don't. It's what is it? Vatican City. That's a monarchy? The Pope is technically king of Vatican City. Oh my god. Yeah. It's that crazy, right? That makes
0: sense. Typical. typical
1: pope being king as well yeah i think he just got they just got walled in at one point after they like you know their empire finally fell and he was just like yeah but give me this country and i'll be king of it and
0: then i won't bother you anymore and they're like okay cool that that sounds like an absolutely real part of the history of italy and this is coming from someone who studied it i yeah i'm prepared to believe that yeah absolutely
1: (laughs) and then they just left him there for like several hundred years well, oh, obviously different ones. He's <laughs> not been the same Pope.
0: Ah, no, little known secret. <laughs> it's the only non-hereditary monarchy because the Pope never dies. He never does, he just mutates. He evolves <laughs> to match the changing zeitgeist. <laughs> kind of going off the
1: recess thing and the, the kid who's graduating. Mm. Um, my idea is that you just get the oldest person in the country to run it. And all oh. positions in government every official uh, every you know councilor whatever it's all rewarded on the basis of age you go right back to kind of you know um, I don't know when, when was this the thing w- which basically age was venerated and the older you were the more respect you had in the community I think you're talking about
0: feudal Japan possibly mm.
1: Um. but yeah just as soon as one person dies you bump up the hierarchy until you reach prime minister
0: I like that a lot I like that a lot. I think you have to um you have to really decide like if this is linear because is this like a tree where you can take multiple branches like there's a reverse tree I suppose with one person at the top but like is is a plumber below or above a carpenter? Well, I think no, this is just government, right? Okay, options. I'm a little bit disappointed because I want to imagine that you turn 18 <laughs> and it's like, all right, now you're a dustman. And I'm sorry, dustman, I'm picking on them. But, you know, just just for the sake of argument, you'd pick whatever is mm-hmm. your lowest stratum. Something that doesn't require much experience. And then it's like next year or it, it will be less, let's be honest, a lot of jobs in society. Next month, it would be like, all right, you're done being a dustman. Now... You you design parks.
1: Well, okay, this this is just silly because everyone be rubbish at everything.
0: <laughs> yes, but you you it wouldn't matter because your next job is coming along in a month. So, so you could be rubbish at that too. Even worse, in fact, because it's more skilled than your last
1: job. Until you're you're eighty years old, you're a surgeon and you're just <laughs> wiping just... out. You're you're creating more jobs.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the goal of government? At the end of the day, there was going on about it. <laughs> <laughs> listen the thing is this is basically the peter principle writ large have what's you heard the of the pe- peter principle no what's that this is a real thing that exists particularly in the corporate world where you join as you know whatever lower level and then you're promoted right and you're promoted until you're bad at your job oh
1: yeah no i have heard of this i didn't know it's called that
0: right yeah and then, and then you don't nobody get demotes you yeah because it's not really a thing people get super angry if they got demoted you either get sacked for gross negligence or you just sit there being rather rubbish as a middle manager yeah happens all the time which is why young people are better at their jobs <laughs> <laughs> are you listening employers
1: girl to go back to the the political aspect i think all it'd right. be quite good because well actually no I think there's... A, I've, just, I've just... Wait, no. It would be terrible. I've just okay. spotted a flaw. Just one. Of you? Um, just the that, one. Well, it'd be very conservative, wouldn't it?
0: Forever. Likely. Mm. Because you're... Yes, because always the oldest person. All
1: the old people who, you know, don't want to generalise, but the majority are more conservative.
0: Yes, statistically. Uh,
1: so you just get long periods of
0: very little progress. Here's the thing, though. I think really what you need to do is embrace this idea full scale. And you, you, you have to go with the progress through every job in society. One. <laughs> so you just, stupid. I'm sorry, go big or go home because <laughs> only then can you truly have an appreciation of what every one of your citizens is going through. Because you have been there, sir.
1: There is a, um, I think it's Toyota, the, the company, have a, hmm. a policy where you're only allowed to be a manager of a group of people if you understand and have worked in every job that you manage. <laughs> so if that you took this principle mindless. to government, you have to have worked in literally every possible job in exactly. the entire country.
0: Yes, it's fantastically inefficient, but what you get at the end of it is a, a, a leader that is not considerate, not open-minded, <laughs> not forward-thinking, just confused... <laughs> Just incredibly confused, just tired of this whole absurd charade, and frankly just sick of everything. Andy, I've got a game for you. Oh yes? Mm-hmm. It may or may not be inspired slash stolen from a popular board game whose name I do not know. That's good. And that prevents it being copyright infringement. (laughs) Because if you can't remember something, it didn't happen. Picasso or possibly me said that a great artist borrows. Nope, he didn't. Not at all. A good artist borrows, <laughs> but a great artist steals. Maybe the one that you came up with is <laughs>
1: a great <laughs> artist. A great artist borrows, and it just stops there. That's it. There's no, there's yep. no second
0: half to this aphorism. Full stop.
1: We've because you've changed it slightly, it's it's fine.
0: Yeah, fair use, fair use. Anyway. I've got a game for you, Annie. Okay, what what does it involve? Well, it involves words, as all the best things in life do. Mm. I have here a selection of words. One of these words is a fake. <gasps> a lie, I know. How, how could you, Adrian? <laughs> a fabrication. Is that the word? That, that's a real one. <laughs> it is a real word. I'll tell you that. That, that I've I've inserted um, to fool you. Oh, and I'm making a big deal of these Fs because I would like you to ponder F words, because I've found a roundup of rather obscure, flummoxing F words. Oh, you've got got a theme. I don't have a theme. I've got a theme. And I would like you to tell me what they mean. Right, And which, if any, is the fake. Ooh, okay. So, word number one, and I may or may not be pronouncing these correctly, fan Faron. Van Faron. Okay. Mm.
1: Um, I think. Uh, I think this is a word for someone who is a fan of uh, the uh, current Liberal Democrat leader, um, John F- John Farron. Is his name John Farron? It, it it might be for all I it's know. something. Tim Farron. <laughs> Can't even get his name right. Yeah, the current <laughs> Liberal Dem leader, Tim Farron, and someone who um, they're a real fan of his work. It's quite a recent word. Um, right. It's a contender for word of the year. You know, the last mm-hmm. one was Brexit. This mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. going to be uh, fanfaron because, as we all know, the Lib Dems going to do really well this election and win uh, with with eighty nine percent of the vote because <laughs> of all the fanfarons. Because of all the fanfarrons, or is it not
0: fan not fans, or, or is it fans
1: Ponder on that, Adriano. <laughs> I mean, you know this, of course, because you know what the word means, and that is the real definition of the word. So, um. Mm,
0: of course, I have my dictionary open in front of me. Yeah, there's really no debating this point. No, no. Well done. Well done. Yeah. Um. Alright, well, word number two. Okay. Phalangitude.
1: Phalangitude. Mm Well, okay, I'm thinking there's longitude or longitude and latitude, and then there's phalangitude, which, mm. which is. What's phalandery? Is that like thievery? philandery? Like light robbery? Something like that? Maybe it's a cross
0: between that and latitude. It's You're thinking of larceny. Philandering is uh, womanising.
1: Oh. Oh. Mm. Well this just got Slightly a lot more interesting. Uh, so, <laughs> so philandering philand... <laughs> what's, what's the word again? Philangitude. Philangitude is uh, the latitude at which the most philandering uh, takes place.
0: Oh it's like the Tropic of Capricorn or whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Um uh and it, it moves about from year to year, day to day. But it's always, you know, that and people compete, you know. There's competitions for it.
0: Uh, yeah, but there's a governmental body set up just to tracking it.
1: Across the latitudes. The latitudes are famously <laughs> competitive with each other. They have, yeah. they have sports teams based on latitude. Um <laughs> and and also philandering teams based on latitude. Uh it's and they will um, attempt to womanize their way uh, around the Straight globe. to the top.
0: Yeah, yeah. To the top <laughs> right the, the way around. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of a world so united that, uh, shoot, I mean, like Kenya and Brazil and Indonesia a role in, on one sports team.
1: That'd be great. I'd love it if there were more kind of um, sporting events with lots of countries competing as groups against each other. I think that'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, like
0: a, a sort of international three-legged race. Yeah. You'd, you'd immediately start
1: to like your, your teammate countries more.
0: Yeah. It's like a sistering of cities, but it would actually mean something instead of just being written on the road signs. Mm. Although possibly not if they were philandering. Maybe not, <laughs> but maybe that's that's the true meaning of philantitude after all. The true meaning. What do you mean? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, do you want to take a turn, or do you want to God, hear a couple more? F these words? are these
1: are hard. Um. Do, oh gosh, shall
0: I say if I think they're real or fake? Oh, how about I tell you the full F-word contingent? And then we'll <laughs> okay, make a okay, selection. I'll, I'll. There's, uh, there's two I'll, more. Right. Okay. Word number three.
1: Fustigate. Fustigate. I think mm-hmm. this is a real word, fustigate. Although I don't. If it know... were,
0: it would be a verb.
1: Okay. Just, just to help you out. Well, there goes my fustigate gate uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, fustigate. Hmm. I, I, I don't know. Maybe like fumigate, but more kind of musty. Oh, um, uh, just like
0: a real thick smog. Yeah, yeah. Kinda, ugh. It's kind of maybe it's a person
1: who, or like a, it's when a person who's quite. Drab and dull, and it's very mm. kind of monotonous in tone. When they start talking, and it's like they're spewing fumigation gas into a room, and everyone leaves or dies as, as they talk because <laughs> they're so dull. It's like that they carry this image. this kind of gas around with them.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. And it is, of course, the the real meaning. So that <laughs> shows this word. Yep. Another it's great.
1: another real word there. Um,
0: yeah. yes, another.
1: Right, okay. Very good.
0: And let me tell you the uh, the fourth and final F word. It is a uh, Forunculoid.
1: Ferunculoid.
0: Mm. I believe uh, this is a race of aliens
1: uh, who live in Alpha <laughs> Centauri. Um, they have. Really, Inside the star. They have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're, They're a very, very heat resistant type of alien, uh, I'll tell mm. you that much. They are made of plasma. Uh, mm. And they like golf on the weekends. Um, they also have very bad feet and, uh, have lots of carbuncles on them, uh, but they're made of iron, so they're called feruncles. Uh, 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 and then for pharunculoids. but it doesn't stop them from having a good old game of plasma golf, um, because they, they do love that. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great, have you heard of them?
0: I have now, and I'm I'm thrilled, honestly. I'm enriched.
1: Yeah. I can't wait for them to uh to meet us, frankly.
0: <laughs> and and beat us in a game of
1: plasma golf. Yeah, well we we'd be very poor at Plasma Golf. We're not suited <laughs> to the high temperatures involved.
0: They'd be like, Oh come on, then let's see our new friendship, let's just take a little trip down to the sun It's only eight light minutes away. <laughs> they try and we'll shake our a game and of plasma golf. Off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> just like, take us to your leader and then usher it into the White House and it just incinerates. <laughs> the White Hot House. <laughs> oh! Oh! Anyway. So, okay, can you run me through those four again? Alright, so the four words were fanfaron, fustigate, phalangitude, and Poor.
1: <sighs> I think phalangitude is not real.
0: Oh, well done, sir.
1: Yeah.
0: Very good. Okay. And I think that's it. Uh, do you want to hear the boring dictionary definitions of the other words? Yeah, are you please. happy with the ones you came up with? <laughs> no, I'd like to hear the d- definitions, please. Yours are better, I'll be honest. Um, a fanfaron, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it is an empty boaster. Boaster? Oh,
1: boaster. I was thinking like a receptacle called a boaster. Like <laughs> when it's empty. <laughs>
0: like a... Okay. Yeah, no, I like that too. It's just empty though. <laughs> A We call it a fanfaron when it's empty and a boaster when it's full. <laughs> yeah. If you look up boaster in the dictionary, you find a full fanfaron. <laughs> oh. Okay, so to fustigate is to cudgel. Ah, oh, okay. And for those who don't know, a cudgel is like a club. Like a, c- with that. a truncheon. Exactly. Mm. Uh, phalangitude is indeed uh, a fake. Well done. Thank you. Um, and pharunculoid, can you hazard a guess? It's in the shape of something. I don't know what, though. It is. And staggeringly, you got rather close to it with your sort of carbuncle idea. Oh, really? Yeah. It means like a boil. Oh, right. Wow. Mm. So you can use it as an insult if you wish. Sweet. I will You're in welcome. future. Mm. Let's bring it back. Ferunculoid.
1: Yeah. And you can use it in either the sense that
0: you used it or uh, <laughs> in my alien sense. Absolutely. E- <laughs> equally insulting in either sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: Right. Do you want to hear mine? Please. I have no, no theme. Um, I'm sorry. I wasn't You're aware forgiven. that we had to have a theme. <laughs> so, <laughs> merely,
0: merely a passing
1: whim. I feel very betrayed. Um, Okay, here's the first one for you. It is Brickbat. Brickbat? Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, that's a word that rather conjures an image. A brick bat can be a couple of things. It can be a bat made of bricks. It's mm. a picture of a baseball bat, but it's just bricks, right? Yeah. It's already quite intense. Or it's a bat that you use on bricks, you know? If maybe in a society that hasn't evolved sledgehammers yet, right. or those little pickaxe things that, um, you know, stripes, uh, bedecked prisoners are always breaking rocks into smaller rocks mm-hmm. at Alcatraz or whatever. You know, they might be using a brick bat to do so. Yeah. Um, or it's a bat, the animal, um, that perhaps uses bricks to make its nest. <laughs>
1: That is a damn clever piece of evolution. I love that bat.
0: Yeah, (laughs) or it eats bats as a fruit bat eats fruit. Eats bricks, you say? Uh, What did I say? You said eats bats. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a bat bat. Bat bat. That's a different thing. A bat bat. Um, Or or it's a bat that is full of bricks in the same way that a uh, vamp. Shoot, I thought they were called blood bats. They're not. They're called vampire bats.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In the same way that a boaster that is full is a (laughs) fanfarin. (laughs)
0: I thought they were called blood bats blood bats wait hang on blood (laughs) bats my logic was that fruit bats are called fruit bats and vampire bats are called blood bats yeah everyone
1: everyone knows blood bats it's the evolution of vampire bats
0: yeah absolutely no 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 okay so a brick bat is a bat that uses bricks uh, to build its dwelling okay sort of igloo
1: okay right (laughs) I've uh, yeah I've that one's completely correct I'll uh, move on thank you okay uh Doggerel.
0: Doggerel. Would you like me to spell it? Yes, I think I, I've heard this word, but please spell. D
1: o g g e r e l.
0: I I have absolutely heard this word, oh, and no. I absolutely recall what it means. And it is, it, it's um, it's the peculiar bark that dogs emit when they sort of have a stutter.
1: <laughs> you know. You actually have before that you knew this. <laughs>
0: what are you talking about i just told you what it means sorry
1: yeah no sorry i've just looked up there's two definitions you see and that, that was the one i, I was it.
0: this is the more common one i think you'll find yeah sorry <laughs> um google it yeah because it's like if a dog were to say dog right then they'd be like dog right but if yeah. they had kind of a stutter then that little the the, the bark on the end mm. kind of could growl they'd be like dog
1: or if they were like maybe a little whimper at the end like
0: dog! right like exactly sort of scooby-doo style yeah yeah,
1: that's good Yeah, absolutely uh, Third one okay. coming up Are you ready?
0: Is this your last one? Because I've got a couple more
1: I've got four I can do four.
0: Oh, top so I've man I've got two more Wait, can, I just, can I just insert one real quick? Oh, oh, I'm sorry It's, it's oh, pertinent Okay, fine I promise it's pertinent uh, Logeria That wasn't pertinent Pertinent is a different is. word <laughs> <laughs> Just the word is pertinent uh, Yeah
1: Okay, sorry, what was Let's your just word? just flag
0: this up up front. It's loggeria. Loggeria. Uh, L-O-G-O-R-R-H-E-A.
1: Right. This is a, um, a common disease which loggers get. Uh, where <laughs> They get sawdust in their ears. Um, and uh, uh, there's, there's sometimes little uh, beetles which live in the bark of trees. Um, and mm-hmm. sometimes the beetles get in there as well. And they start burrowing uh, into, their, into their brain through their ears. Um, oh God! Uh, and then they kind of they lodge there, and then um, mm. they they start uh, um, farting, and and it, it's characterized <laughs> by lots of lots of just very faint farting sounds in inside your head. Uh, it's characterized it, by fart brain. Yeah, it's a bit like tinnitus, but <laughs>
0: but with farts instead. So if if you can never quite shake the distant sound of farting, yes. It could be because your head is in fact full of beetles. Yeah,
1: and it's not it's not lethal, because they, they kind of lodge, you know, in the outer <laughs> the outer cortex
0: and they're very in, small. In the meninges. Yeah. Okay, so it's merely annoying. Really annoying, yeah. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> but not lethal. No. It's just that's it now. You have bugs in your brain farting, what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> well you got it you got it in one loggeria, a little known medical condition. Bravo.
1: Okay, I'm gonna move on to my, my third one. <laughs> I was so rudely interrupted. <clears throat>
0: It's pertinent, I'm telling you. Carry on. <laughs> no it
1: wasn't, it was logger. Um
0: <laughs> This one is goblify. I'm sorry, goblify. Goblify. That's easy. Mm-hmm. It's one of two things. It's to either turn into a goblet or a goblin.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: If anything, it's the sort of the that, that that parallel, like the fusion of two etymological streams, because the original terms were gobletify and goblinify. Oh,
1: I but see. But they sort of
0: fuse to create this the colloquial term, goblify. Yeah, over time,
1: like the evolution yeah. of language. Yeah.
0: And it's it's sort of overtaken both. It's so it, it there's an element of ambiguity to it, which is unfortunate. But we get those, we get homophones and things all the time. Yeah, it's quite confusing.
1: Um, They're both transformative words.
0: Yes, and I mean, if you want to be a purist, you can at least spell it like goblify with an I, and that means turn into a goblin, Mm. or goblify with an E, and that means turn into a goblet. But few people make the distinction, it's kind of interchangeable at this stage. Which
1: is the American version?
0: Uh, Who knows? Uh, There's so much media these days, everyone's watching Hollywood films, you can't even tell.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel like the E version would be the more antiquated one.
0: Probably. Mm. And then ever since the vowel shift.
1: Yeah. (laughs) The great vowel shift of 94. Exactly. <laughs> so there we go. Okay, uh, I'm going to do my last one, and then you can see what, which I... one you think is real.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. <sighs> Okay. Oh, I've got one more. I, I know Ooh. you have, so have I. <laughs> I thought we were alternating. Fine, you finish Fine. yours first. I will.
1: <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, Nebish. Nebbish. Yep, spelled N-E-B-B-I-S-H.
0: That means like neb. A bit like Neb. <laughs> A bit like Neb. Yeah, it's like, it's not quite Neb, but it's Neb-ish. It's Wh- What's Neb? Neb could be most accurately described as... the state of appearing to be... beige.
1: <laughs> the state of appearing to be beige.
0: Yeah. So, Neb-ish
1: is... Is what exactly it is.
0: It's something that might not quite appear to be (laughs) vague but it sort of does. Right. So someone might say, hey, I'm painting my apartment. Um, I wanted to get your opinion on some bland, neutral colours. Love them. I was going to bring the swatches for you to look at. But they wouldn't let me check the book out of the library due to unpaid fines. (laughs) So I tried to photocopy it. It didn't come out great quality. Uh, And then I took a picture with my phone, and we're going to look at that. And so you can't really tell what's going on with these colours anymore. It's a very convoluted dictionary (laughs) definition. Is that they're nebbish.
1: Nebbish rather than neb. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because, you know, in their, in their true pristine state, they might have been Neb, but at this stage, you can barely tell. Everything's a bit pixelated and crummy, but you can at least say they're Neb-ish.
1: Wow. Yeah, no, no, i, I got to admire your accuracy in this matter.
0: <laughs> Listen, I know my colours. Okay, do you want to do, you do your last one? Okay, I've, I've, I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball here. Okay. This is not a dictionary word. Okay. This is... This is um, the name of a company. This Ooh, is a brand.
1: Right, okay.
0: Okay? And I want you to tell me what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay? The brand is as follows. Wong Doody Crandall Wiener. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> if this is a real company, fair play, rather <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, just uh, repeat that again, please. Uh, uh, not with a straight face. Let me try. Wong Duty Crandall Wiener. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, you heard me.
1: Wong Duty Crandall Wiener. Correct. This is um, a hot dog company. Uh, <laughs> it was set up in New York in mm-hmm. 1789, uh, <laughs> and um, the first hot dog company in America. In fact, um, it was set up by three brothers. <laughs> whose first Three. names right. were Wong, Doody, and Crandall. Uh, um, and then they set up their wiener stand, uh, which is not rude, because I'm talking about America. Um, of course. And each of them had their own flavour. So uh, Wong <laughs> was was uh, sort of... Um, it was kind of like a garum... Um, what's that stuff called?
0: Garum... Mas- masala? No. What's the spice? Uh, I have no... What, like, tikka masala or something? No, what am I thinking of? I don't know, but why are you talking to me about the flavour of Wong's wiener? <laughs> Not just Wong, yeah.
1: actually. Also Crandall oh. and Doody. Um, <laughs>
0: Doody wiener, Doody was, I don't like that. I'm going
1: to move on from Wong, because I can't remember what it was exactly. Doody Please. was quite a distinctive, kind of earthy taste.
0: I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh. <laughs> this will sound particularly awful to any American listeners.
1: Yeah, probably will, won't it? I
0: have no doubt.
1: Um... So yeah, they're, they're a hot dog company.
0: Wonderful. Just well done. Yep,
1: thanks. Okay, shall I shall I guide you through uh, your words? Please.
0: I'm um,
1: curious. Okay, so Brickbat is not a bat full of bricks, or indeed made of bricks, or a bat for hitting bricks. It is a... I know,
0: it's a bat that makes
1: houses out of bricks. <laughs> it's a piece of brick used as a thrown missile.
0: Are you serious? Yeah. You're telling me that if you throw a brick, it turns into a brick bat. Yep. And flies away. <laughs> what, what kind of bizarre <laughs> fantasy is this? Why do we need a separate word for a brick when it's been thrown? I don't
1: know. But it also, there's two meanings. That's the first meaning. And the second one, presumably based off this one, is a critical remark or comment.
0: Oh. Is or it... any critical one. Yeah.
1: A brick bat.
0: How bizarre.
1: Uh, doggerel. Is I, if I'd heard this one, I would have assumed it was um, where doggers go when they die, Dogger-owl. Um Oh
0: God, <laughs> I like that. I wonder what goes on there. Uh,
1: it's a terrible things. Um, <laughs> everyone's watching, uh, but um, it in fact means uh, appalling poetry.
0: Does it verse
1: or words that are badly written or expressed? That sounds about right. Uh, oh wait, I didn't ask you which one was damn fake did i <laughs> you did not well but you got I a choice of know two. That those
0: two are probably real okay what were they again
1: uh there was goblify and there was nebbish
0: oh the thing is i would have gone for one of these two so we've lost nothing okay ah oh. difficult goblify ah uh, correct is it
1: goblify is Nice. Fake.
0: What, what did you have in your mind when you thought of goblify?
1: Um, I was thinking, yeah, become more more goblin-like, but also sort go. of kind of like gobbling. Right. Yeah, I do not really know for that one.
0: Sort of become goblinesque through the act of gobbling yeah. somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're That's a really fine.
1: bad eater and you kind of look like a goblin when you do it.
0: Yeah, you're just You're, just goblify. you're goblifying. Well, uh, uh, Nebish you
1: is actually not an adverb. It's a, it's a noun. Uh, no. It's a person. Especially a man who is regarded as pitifully ineffectual, timid, or submissive. Really? Yeah. And Sort of like um, the American word which has recently grown in prominence, uh, "cuck," which is a lovely word.
0: I have heard this term.
1: Yeah, but it's, yeah, from Yiddish. Nebek. Poor thing.
0: (laughs) I like the idea that people are busy, uh, you know cucking or being cucked. And <laughs> that, that sounds like the kind of word that you could introduce into Dirty Talk without sounding totally absurd. <laughs> but when things are getting hot and heavy and you're trying to set a mood and you spring the term nebbish Neb- on a significant <laughs> other, I feel like, I guess to be fair, it's, it's designed to belittle. Yeah, I <laughs> so think it is. It's, not, it's not
1: supposed to be used in the bedroom unless you're into some kind of um, dominatrix type stuff.
0: I mean, you know, we can't discriminate. Can't some discriminate. people are, and presumably they might enjoy being referred to as a nebish. A nebish. What nebish? That's the voice that she'd use. She as would, well. yeah. She
1: Gets a lot deeper when she's in dominatrix voice.
0: She's dressed as your childhood bully. <laughs> a very strange fantasy. Schoolboy trousers. And... Anyway, uh, let's talk about some words, shall we? Yeah. Oh yeah. What, I've already what... told you about mine, but we haven't had a uh, we haven't had loguria.
1: Mm. Or, so you...
0: what was the other one? Uh, Wong, Doody, Quang, Elwina <laughs> Of course mm. Logorrhea um, Can you spell that for me again? L-O-G-O-R-R-H-E-A
1: The thing is It sounds like diarrhea But I think it does. You, you might be clever And you might have done that to kind of like Ooh
0: He ooh. won't be
1: expecting <laughs> this curveball So I'm going to say ooh. it's fake
0: Oh, I see. You're you're calling my bluff. You think Wong Doody, Crandall Wiener are legit? That's
1: <laughs> that's legit.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let me tell you, my friend. Double bluff. They're both oh. real. Oh. I thought I, I actually know.
1: thought that Wong Doody, Crandall Wiener was too ridiculous to be made up.
0: <laughs> Listen, let me get to them in a second because it's better than you even think. Um, Logaria is pertinent because it refers to an excessive flow of words.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Something which some people have described as verbal diarrhea. Oh, that's cool. That's a good word. Yeah. I think it sums us up to a T. Yeah. Yeah. Rubber stamp. <laughs> Logoria. Remember it. Um, and then we come to our good friends, Wong Doody Crandleweener, who are sort of the, the silly equivalent to the, the authors of The Marauder's Map in Harry Potter. <laughs> right? Moody, Wormtail, Padfoot and Prongs. Here yeah. we have Wong Doody Crandleweener, And these fine... <laughs> I do believe, a giant sausage. <laughs> <laughs> these fine gentlemen, I'm assuming gentlemen, um, they are the senior partners... In uh, Seattle, Washington, and Los Angeles, California, mm. of a firm that does, drum roll please, Ooh. marketing and advertising. Wow. Which I find particularly funny, because <laughs> these are the kinds of people you will go to for consultations about your brand.
1: And they name their brand Wong Doody Crandall Wiener.
0: It goes colloquially by Wong Doody. <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm uh, Wong Doody Crandallwina, but uh, Wong Doody to my friends.
0: <laughs> oh god, just one person with multiple personalities.
1: <laughs> he runs the entire company, it's, it's amazing. Yeah.
0: The secretary gets confused. Uh, am I speaking to Mr. Wong or Mr. Doody?
1: Oh, it's like, yeah, one of them's really aggressive and you don't want to see him.
0: That's Crandall, you don't want to... Don't, yeah. don't
1: make me get Crandall out here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he comes out in the board meetings, it's terrifying. Of course the board meetings are just him in a room yelling. <laughs> himself. Yes.
1: In several mirrors. <laughs>
0: The secretary locks the door until 10.15 when he's scheduled to be done. He's got four mirrors and he looks in each of them when he's being a different version of himself. Absolutely, yeah. All the employees are too scared to hide a camera, but they're all curious. He emerges (laughs) with pages and pages of meeting notes written in different handwriting.
1: Oh, that'd be so good. I want this to be a person now.
0: I kind of do. Wong duty, Crandall, we know. He sounds like a hero. Andy, go with me on a mind journey for a second. Are you ready? That's my mind journey. For voice. Okay, so close your eyes. Yep. Open them. You are a jaded supervillain. Wow. How, yeah, how do you punish an unjust world?
1: So this is similar, kind of the opposite of when um, we did the superhero thing, right? No, it's brand new and original. <laughs> Sorry, brand new and original. Um, I would punish an unjust world. As a supervillain, by just flooding a market with unnecessary
0: goods. So oh, I thought you were gonna like. I thought you meant with like with water, <laughs>
1: with find <what>? a marketplace
0: <laughs> and just flood it. Just yeah. how will you buy your organic
1: produce? now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um. <laughs> I meant with with like too much of one thing. So, for example, the world's economy is built on you know um, r- restricted supply and demand. Uh mm-hmm. so for example, you just flood the economy with gold. Gold is suddenly freely available, everyone has gold, gold is worthless, stock market crashes, uh everyone is sad. And, and silver is the new gold. It's quite a boring way to be a supervillain, but I think more effective than like, you know, building an ice ray or whatever.
0: Absolutely. All you need is an infinite supply of gold. <laughs> exactly. Which anyone Dead can easy. do. <laughs> King Midas, I mean, you yeah, know he'd be good. Dead easy. He'd be a great supervillain. I like that, and it it, it reminds me of um a Louis C.K. skit where he talks about how Bill Gates, whatever Bill Gates' net worth was at the time, ninety five billion dollars or something. Mm. And he was talking about how if you were Bill Gates and you were able to just lose $90 billion and still have $5 billion left, yeah, you, how would you resist doing insane things just on a daily basis? Because you can go on Wild Flights of Fancy every day for the rest of your life <laughs> and your children will still have enough money to forgive you. So... <laughs> You know, you could, you could buy every baseball team and make them wear dresses. No oh. more baseball now, just ballet, right? Because, <laughs> because you can, because whatever. And then he talks about how, what if you were just, you buy all the trousers, he calls them pants because he's American, but we'll do things properly. You buy all the trousers in the world. Right. And that's it. Just burn them. That's it. <laughs> Screw everybody. Start no again trousers with anyone. trousers. That's it. We're done. Start again making trousers. So the
1: opposite of flooding a market. It just cares. like, just absolutely decimate the market.
0: Yeah, I mean, decimate means reduce, like, by a tenth or to a tenth. You just destroy oh, it God. utterly. Funny. No more trousers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm punctilious. I like words. Uh, yeah, no, just get rid of everything. Or the opposite, have infinite everything. I think both are, are strong contenders for supervillain glory. Mm. Although he might, if he if a
1: supervillain just, like, bore everything, then he might, you know, have the opposite effect, because he's like, oh, man, this supervillain sure was a great boost to our <laughs> to our trouser industry. <laughs>
0: That was flagging, but now we've village. sold
1: all of our stock. We could just make some more.
0: Absolutely. And the price is sky high, let me tell you. Yeah. Sad times for the naked folk, but uh, really good for trouser creators. Oh, I love that Whatever, they, whatever they call themselves. <laughs> what? The trouser creators? No, the naked folk. <laughs> the trouser creators are good too. The trouser creators open for the naked folk. <laughs> or vice versa. Yeah, Who the knows? naked folk go on.
1: They do their set. Then the trouser creators come on and they kind of ruin it. <laughs>
0: It's like a reverse concert where you're super hyped for the opening band and then like the trouser, oh it's the trouser creators. Oh great, the
1: trouser creators, they always ruin it.
0: They always do. <laughs> Putting trousers Maybe that's, on Maybe that's another way of being a super hit villain, is just like ruining art or like entertainment events by just being a not very good creator.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or just not like, even as a creator, just not a very good audience member going to the yeah. cinema and having your phone out.
0: Yeah, boo. Yeah, like, not even, like, not heckling, not not shooting people, like, nothing major, just casually annoying. I like the idea of unnecessarily, like, grandiose, large-scale villainy, but super just like low-grade effect like haha I am the annoyomancer (laughs) and with my army of cybernetic phones I will irritate you while you're trying to watch a film in the cinema
1: (laughs) you know yeah I will make your your screen
0: cut out momentarily and make you doubt yourself (laughs) and then it (laughs) will come (laughs) back exactly and and you know they, these people are twisted to evil by just incredibly mundane things like someone whispered near them in a cinema once and that was it they just they snapped <laughs>
1: well it's these he's not gonna play by the rules no one will play
0: by the rules exactly but there are no rules at this stage
1: They're yeah mad. just jaded by incredibly stupid mundane things
0: <laughs> i think that's the best way well I was just thinking of a guy who's like this
1: isn't really mundane, but he just he just really wanted to go to space when he was a kid. And he like he applied as do we all. He applied to like astronaut school or whatever it That's is. That's what that they you call do. it. Um, sure. and they were like, sorry, you're you're too fat, we can't we can't get you on the space <laughs> program.
0: That's what they say, right? <laughs> you're too fat sorry there's no way i'm sorry you won't fit in the capsule sorry, there's, there's
1: no way there's no such thing as losing weight <laughs> there's just no way we can do yeah, this no
0: that's it there's no training program there's nothing it's just you show up you're too fat i'm sorry Sorry, I'm it's go just not gonna work out
1: so he was rejected for being too heavy <laughs> and then okay he becomes gravitas <laughs> <laughs> he uh he makes it doctor his
0: gravitas
1: he like controls gravity or something And uh, he just goes around doing all these, like, gravity-based puns. And he's like, I don't think you understand the gravity of your situation.
0: (laughs) And I feel like, uh, like, heroes, because, you know, like, quick-talking, you know, pun-making superheroes are always making jokes. Like, all right, Dr. Grabby ass, (laughs) we're taking you to jail. But
1: he'd get really annoyed by that, because he's still sensitive about his weight.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he'd be furious, because he's huge.
1: Yeah. Well, he might even and be he, quite thin these days, but he still gets very sensitive about
0: it. Yeah, he's practically anorexic. It's actually very sad. Of oh, course, he's, he's very actually. concerned. Yeah, it's, it's dark. Yeah. And he's very concerned with making the earth heavier. So that no one can get to space. Oh, no! Anymore. No one will ever go to space again. <laughs> no, you can never escape the, the. You know, you can never achieve the launch velocity. So he's just he's trying to like crash comets into the planet or whatever, just like accrue more mass. Right. But he's like, a, he's not even doing it because he wants to kill millions and millions of people. That is the effect. That's mm. not even part of the villainy. His goal is to sabotage NASA. He just doesn't want any more yeah. manned space. Like probes his uh,
1: his superhero counterpart is like but you're killing millions of people. And he goes, oh, well, I didn't didn't think about that. <laughs> I just wanted it to be a bit heavier. <laughs> huh.
0: Well, yeah, that's a thought.
1: That's it's, a bummer. Oh, like, well,
0: more, look, more comments. <laughs> look, looks at his flip chart. It's like, huh, I didn't, uh, well, yeah, it turns back on the gravity ray or whatever.
1: <laughs> These things happen.
0: Yep. Do what you know, right? There's, there's no point going back to the drawing board. This thing was expensive. I spent all this money on this, this gravity ray. I'm going to make use of it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I like the idea that the the superhero contesting him is someone equally just like mundane and absurd and useless. Oh, who was so... there
1: from our? Um, there were lots of mundane superheroes from our, our previous podcast, right?
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I talked about Angle Grinder Man, I think, who yep. liberated cars from you know being clamped. Mm. Who else do we have?
1: Um, wasn't what? Well, I don't know what he was called. That was the Q Man, though,
0: right? I, he might literally have been called q man q man
1: good
0: name <laughs> q man there we go and he he has to he has to fight dr gravitas who is like wielding the, the power of gravity for totally absurd reasons and it's just well i'm q man what am i supposed to oh, do about
1: it do you remember friction <laughs>
0: oh yeah the guy yeah, yeah. who would, like...
1: who would hurl people into space can you imagine <laughs> yeah. he that would be the fight of the ages
0: that was so weird. You'd have Dr. Gravitas just trying to pull people down. Yeah, and he'd literally... be like trying
1: to throw them in the air, but he does he's not quite strong enough to, to flip them out not of the atmosphere quite. anymore.
0: And he has to collaborate with someone else, because the true power at the end of the day is friendship.
1: Yeah. <laughs> friendship and massive friction.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the key turns out to be a collaboration with Q-Man, because somehow arranging people in just the right order such that he can kind of, because a single swing is not enough to hurl someone into space, Right. what he what he has to do is get up a kind of like a whirling spinning motion, <laughs> right? And it's all about counterweights and stuff, so he has to be, like his his arms are just going, Yeah. and he has to be fed people like at just milling. the right frequency, exactly, and like one person at a time is just being like attached to each arm, oh. but like with, with exactly the right tempo that they're counterweighting each other, and it's like actually increasing the force of the one going upward, and that's that's where Q-Man shines.
1: Yeah, I like the idea not just that he's launching people up, but he's he's using these people to launch himself <laughs> further and further into, <laughs> into the air until... right
0: because it's like a slingshot orbit. He's kind of going up with them. Yeah,
1: and then he he pen- he finally escapes the gravity which um, gravitas has <laughs> has enforced, and uh, he just punches <laughs> the comet away. <laughs>
0: there we go that's how he. it's like so once again thousands of people are killed in the process because they're just hurled into space but this time they're willing sacrifices because no, they're no, making but, the world a better no, let's place let's
1: be fair to, to old friction he's not hurling them into space he's
0: hurling them down at the ground from about <laughs> no, I mean, two miles up <laughs> incredibly hard yeah just like they are scoured by the air friction before they even hit the ground they're just bones yeah yeah no and, and that's fine it's not a perfect system and they were queuing for this, presumably, and that's why yeah, and if you think there, about so... the physics
1: too hard, just just don't do that because it doesn't <laughs> really don't. work but still absolutely <laughs> do not no well, okay, um this is a bad segue, but speaking of um dropping things from from heights, um <laughs> what, oh dear God what about if um if there was a supervillain who dropped an ice cream once as a child imagine he's holding the strawberry as well? And just like I don't know, oh, that's true Yeah, he's surprised by something and it, it falls and splats against the ground,
0: mm. and
1: and then from that moment on, he m- wanted to make sure that no one else ever had ice cream again. So Ooh. so he becomes ice cream man. <laughs> 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 he's he's quite a low budget super villain, so right, right, He's like I gotta take down the system from the inside, but I gotta have mm. transport for this because I gotta get him out of the place. So so I'll just right. buy a van. And I'll I'll drive my my ice cream van, around. and I put ice
0: cream on the outside of it because that's my theme, right? Yeah, well, so... I need to
1: research this if I'm gonna. You got to know your your field if you're gonna take know it down inevitably. from the inside. So he did mm. market research by selling ice cream to kids and seeing what what worked, what didn't. Of course, of course. Um, and he just ends up being an ice cream heads. man, and he like he spends his whole life going like, ah, oh, one day no no more ice cream for anyone. But then he, in the meantime, he just sort of lives at <laughs> just selling ice cream. <laughs>
0: I was trying to concoct a, a slogan in my head because you know, like, no more Mister Nice Guy, and right. so in my head, I'm like, no more Mister Whippy Guy, but uh, surely no more Mister this... Ice Guy. Oh my God, there it is. I imagine Good this work. might have been
1: used in um in Batman though, you know, with what's he called? What, with, Fro- Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister
0: Freeze. <laughs> Mister Freeze. <laughs> Ice to meet you. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! No, no, it did not. It it just didn't. No, it did, Adriano. Don't you remember history?
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe in the DC universe it did kill the dinosaurs. You don't know. That's
0: probably true. One of the many. Worlds. They also have
1: clowns being disfigured by just chemicals.
0: Uh, let's not even go down that wormhole. Yeah, that, that
1: whole weird wormhole. <laughs>
0: Well, listen, um, I like this, this like childish thing. I like the idea of kids being the victims. Um, that's always fun. Or, <laughs> e- even better, what about a, a supervillain who... Well, as a child, right? So, the ice cream man dropped his ice cream as a kid. Yep. This other kid, what, what turned into evil was that he was oppressed by his parents' rules, right? Uh, go to bed, do your homework. I'm sick of this. One day I'll show you. Yeah. And so he does. He he. You know, he runs away from home. He becomes a, a total rebel, and he fights for the kids um, by killing their parents. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Because to liberate them, right? Because it's a kind of, you think you don't want it, but what you need, what you really crave deep down, if you let yourself believe, is freedom. And you will not achieve that freedom while you're living in someone else's shadow. And to that end, dear children, uh, I've killed your parents. You're welcome.
1: (laughs) You're free now. Goodbye. (laughs) Exactly. And he just kind of sends them off into the wilderness.
0: And that's it, yeah. He thinks he's leading like a juvenile revolution of this, you know, this bright new young generation striding off into the future with uh, raised chins and keen hearts. But they're just, they're six and they're sad. They're oh, super sad. Oh, that's so sad.
1: Yeah. But luckily, <laughs> I, friction's on the case.
0: launches <laughs> him into space. <laughs> just throws the kids into space where they can find a new family. The kids, too. Yeah, why not? Listen, I think the main issue here is that I don't I don't know what we should call this parent slaying um, supervillain. I love friction.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you I need want to, to help be me real. workshop this.
1: Okay, names for this I, guy.
0: I feel like it should be something like the widowmaker, except that is like for killing people's husbands. Right. It should be for killing people's parents, right? Uh, uh the kiddo maker. <laughs> <laughs> the kiddo maker. Yeah. You know it rhymes. Yeah, but that just sounds like someone whose business it is to make babies like. Hey there, kiddos. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, like God. he's he's just a guy who sleeps with people's lives. Yeah, that's say he just impregnates people. <laughs> he's like I'm a super continuously, villain. Yeah. what's my evil plan to uh um anyway <laughs> gotta sleep with someone else. He's got a costume and everything. They they always make try and make him take it off, but he won't. He keeps the cape on. <laughs> And that's it. He's the he's the kiddo maker. And he, every he, time he's
1: interrupted by like a, a husband or something, he just like the no, kiddo maker and jumps out the window with his cake and falls <laughs> to the ground. Away, yeah.
0: <laughs> Sprays his ankle, hobbles to the kiddo
1: mobile, and gets <laughs> in the van. Drives
0: Oh, oh, I don't like the kiddo mobile. Oh <laughs> I don't no, I like no, it being a, a van. That's,
1: sorry, that's a bad name for that.
0: Let's call it yeah, something else. <laughs> I don't like that, but I do. I just yeah, I like the idea of like because you know in the real world you'd come home and be like okay what the hell i'll kill you and also wife seriously this guy's wearing a cape and a mask like (laughs) can you not do better than this he's wearing like a moth mask or something (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like it's totally absurd. It's all spandex and neon colours. But in this fantasy world it's you come home and it's like, Oh no the maker <laughs> was struck again. Dun 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 and you're just you're powerless in the face of this super villain. And she's like, Honey, I'm sorry, he's just too strong. He's just and too he's, alluring <laughs> And he's left like a calling card. There's like a there's a condom with like a hole in it on your bedside oh, no. table or something or Maybe that's crude. There's a bun in your oven. <laughs> just leave a loaf right? of bread? A, lit- a bun, yeah. yeah. Just one in the oven.
1: Oh. Wait, like an actual kid or, or like an actual bun in your <laughs> oven?
0: <laughs> I was going for a dual meaning and then you just made the mutated hybrid that is a literal baby <laughs> inside your oven. And I <laughs> no, think no. even he might stop short. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't saying that. I was saying he could just leave a kid. Not in the oven. <laughs> Oh, I see. Yeah, that, that that's a long con type of calling card, though.
1: Maybe he, yeah, I guess he could um, he could team up with um the other incarnation of the Kiddo Maker. But then he'd he'd want to. Mm, no, I don't know actually.
0: Who's the other incarnation of the Kiddo Maker? Well, like, he's he one who killed people's parents. Oh right, of course, <laughs> I was forgetting. Yeah, leaves them
1: with someone else.
0: That doesn't work though. So no, this guy it, leaves it <laughs> he leaves the fetus, but with dead parents. Oh. this this is the worst <laughs> of all possible worlds. <laughs> We've created a horrific hellscape.
1: This is not good. Friction will solve it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just everything's in space now. That's fine. <laughs> it reminds me of a Saturday morning breakfast cereal comic. Uh, I don't know if you know the webcomic, but it alternates wildly between incredibly silly and quite cleverly philosophical. Right. Um, and the sillier end was uh, a thing with Superman. And I think it was him on like the, what do they call it? The, the Justice League or whatever. It's like a team with yeah, Superman yeah. on it. Yeah um and i think they're having a meeting and they're like oh there's you know i don't know the mayor's the president's called and there's some sort of crisis and so they're all saying like oh here's what i can do you know here's how i contribute to the team aquaman's talking about fish or who cares anyway and regardless of what they're saying superman is like yeah i could just pick it up and throw it into space (laughs) just you know it doesn't matter i'll just throw it into the sun i'm just better than you guys yeah and batman's like yeah but i've got this like bat and he's like into space just into i will throw <laughs> it into the sun and wonder woman's like yeah but this tattoo could make them tell that it's just into space i'm gonna throw it into what do you i will throw you into space it doesn't matter and that's the problem with superman it's just that you can't argue with that you're just in space how many times do you think superman um had to retrieve his his foster
1: parents from space because he got angry once he's like oh yeah. mom i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> Go get you from space. Hope you're not too frozen over.
0: God, imagine trying to parent that guy. Yeah. How, what's the story? Did he discover his powers quite late in adolescence or something? I think they'd already done most of like the child raising, and that's why he had such a strong moral code. But imagine if he'd like broken through younger. If
1: you follow the story of Smallville, which I believe was the kind of teen Superman spin-off,
0: uh, I think he yeah. sort
1: of discovers his powers when he's like a teenager.
0: Which is the worst Possible time, and they all seem to break through in the teens.
1: Yeah. With your acne come
0: superpowers. (laughs) (laughs) Some would argue acne is a superpower. They would be wrong. Yeah, who who would argue that? Tell me. But someone someone would mock you for your acne, and then you just punch them into space. (laughs) Or someone who,
1: ooh, was, was, uh, they had acne as a teenager,
0: and now they are Acne Man. Right. Who's a bit like Aquaman, (laughs) but. But just without me, he, he he communicates with facial boils. <laughs> they come to his aid. They come to his aid.
1: He can like control <laughs> them on people's faces. They so move well, around.
0: Good. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, what's the point of Aquaman, right? Like he can call the fish, something like that. Come a and his choice thing. And he kind of like dresses like a merman. Yeah, because he's from Atlantis or something. Not I a Mormon, think, a, a merman. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love it if Aquaman if he dressed like a Mormon <laughs> and he goes around preaching. Yeah, he's just got one of those short-sleeved shirts, black trousers, and he's just like, you know, have you heard about our lord and saviour, Neptune? Yeah. <laughs> he's like a, a jewel. He like does some religion and sells fish on the side. Oh, that's dark, though. I don't think he can sell fish. I don't think he eats fish. It'd be the best industry to be in, though. He'd be like, fish, come to me, and they all jump in his net, and he goes, Good. Oh my god. Home time. That's horrifying somehow. <laughs> home time, done. <laughs> all the other fishermen, they're still, like, busy unrolling their nets, casting them out. He's just, like, whistling. Do, 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 he's do, there with, he's home. on his boat, and the fish are literally, like,
1: dragging him home. He's like, yeah, I don't even have to work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, all the fish in the bay are on his boat, because they're just leaping on. Minus, like, 200 that he has pulling the thing yeah, back Yeah, all like, shore. pushing it
1: from behind, and then when he reaches port, they jump on, too.
0: <laughs> and that's it he just leaves the boat there some guy hands him a huge sack of money and he just goes home
1: yeah every day is that's like it. that And <laughs> he just destroys the oceans
0: Aquaman day in the life of Aquaman but the thing is he controls them so he can make them breed super fast or whatever he's the real supervillain he really is actually that's dark he's got everyone convinced he's a hero they just kind of ignore him like oh, it's Aquaman doesn't really matter what he does his alter his ego is Captain Birdseye oh my god yeah he's busy flooding the market with fish products <laughs> That's it, he takes all of these boxes. Ah. Oh. Yeah, because he learned to swim too late and he was bullied or something.
1: Yeah. Like, um Maybe know. Aquaman grows up to be Captain Birds. So he becomes embittered, like the fish never appreciate him enough, so he's like, you know what, fish, screw you.
0: Yeah, it's a fish eat fish world. Like where is true morality when fish just eat smaller fish? I mean, he's the biggest fish. It's his it's his god given right. Yeah. To just slaughter the oceans
1: Soon he just kind of like think, He thinks that more and more things are fish He's like, whales, they're basically fish And he starts like slaughtering them And then he's like, well, you know Things on right. land, they're basically just fish that Yeah, because I mean
0: seals, right? Exactly And he
1: starts like growing his powers to extend to everything
0: Oh god, that's terrifying In the same way that, uh, the, you know, fish Walked out of the oceans that one bright day In our evolutionary history and just decided to breathe Air he, uh, he crawls out of the ocean at some point and just finds that his powers work really well on land. He's just been limiting himself. On
1: everyone, yeah.
0: On everyone. And that's it. We're all just jumping into his nets. Do <laughs> we He just sells us
1: <laughs> as fish. This, this fish from, from Aquaman has got really weird recently. <laughs>
0: he's just he's, he's there with his captain bird's hat for those who don't know captain Birdseye is a brand of like fish fingers and frozen fish products and also other things i think peas and whatnot i'm yeah. not sure yeah yeah so he's just there with his hat and his pipe and his like sailor beard and he's just eating <laughs> raw
1: fish and humans because yeah, he can't and distinguish of
0: people exactly it's all fish at this stage
1: yeah <laughs> like someone in a sushi restaurant it's like oh i got i got really bad like diarrhea from this sushi <laughs> Oh, why God. is
0: that? Oh, it's like it's raw meat or something huh. He goes home and there's like a fish tank In his like giant mansion But it's just got it's just got dogs paddling around in it Or oh, 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 like on a more grim note Just lots of dead people <laughs> Cause Right, just floating, cause just floating He's just it. poking it Like, hmm, I don't know why they won't obey <laughs> me anymore
1: They don't need their food And he's got all these like flakes which he puts in
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just dusts the top of them like, ah. Shrug, goes back upstairs Yes, Aquaman is the ultimate villain Hypotheticals podcast I choose you Friction, I choose you Hypotheticals go Use entertain It's not very effective
1: Friction, use holding hands it's kind of creepy.
0: Hypothetical, shake it off. Use confusion. It's super effective.
1: Yeah. Frick should use sky uppercut.
0: We're blasting off again
1: that was the hypotheticals podcast if you enjoyed that please leave us a review on itunes uh if you'd like to follow us on twitter and give us any suggestions for topics we could cover um, we're at Hypotheticals. That's Hypotheticals like the name of this podcast, but without the R. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Rain tortoise. That's Rain like the weather, Tortoise like the animal.
0: Uh, and if you want to follow Adriano, he is at Mr. Howell. And I encourage people to submit their own obscure words. Yes. If we can collect enough, we will uh, do that segment again. That,
1: that segment will, will reappear. And even the fake words, although you'll have to target them to us individually so that we see what they are yes. um yeah that was the idea schools podcast see you next time bye
0: Let's just be clear about Friction for a second, his superpower is not friction, his superpower is super strength. Yeah, because but also, also friction. It's not important, you can hold something in your hand and then fling it into space if you're super strong. No. The holding on to it is not the difficult part. He's friction. So like, we're super impressed because he's holding onto something with one finger, but then when he flings it into space, we're like, oh yeah, that's just a natural consequence of him being good with friction. <laughs>